It's the Empowerment Perspective Radio Show, hosted by Demiso Josie, Kareem Spence, and Miss Stacy Sanderson Dick. Stay empowered. Stay empowered. Well, all right. Welcome to yet another episode of the Empowerment Perspective Radio Show. I go by the name of Demiso Josie alongside. Spence is here. And we got some special guests in the building. Say your name, sir. Pete Colasano. How you doing, Pete? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for making the trip down here. And um Glad to say that you're officially a part of the Empowerment Perspective group. We've got some wonderful things planned in the future um, that we're going to be working on. And one of the things that we're going to do today is kind of uh, preview that, that, that fatherhood uh, podcast series that we're going to be doing. Sounds Absolutely. great. All right. Kareem, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. So I don't know if I can hang out with you, man, because you party too much. <laughs> like every, every week you got something going on and it's always a party. You know what the funny thing is? I have a party to go to right after this one. So There's too many parties. There's too many parties. I, I don't know if you're that famous now because of the podcast and all the things we're doing that people just need to have you at the events? I don't know what it is. Well, this one I'm actually crashing a party. Uh, my neighbor's having a party for his, her, his daughter, and then uh, the other neighbor across the street is also having a party. So, so it's, it's in the neighborhood, so I'm just going to go ahead and crash the party. So this is the guy that showed up, and he had all that, the jewelry on last yeah. time I was at your house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He, it's hilarious. we got to get him on the podcast. We absolutely right. are going to get him on the podcast at one point. Yes, and um, I got my, my guy here today. It's, it's been a long time. We've been riding together about <laughs> 10 years now, you know, but it took me about six months to get him to finally to agree to come on and do some work with us. So everyone, welcome Al T, Big Al. What, what, what is your name, sir? Whatever, man. Long as <laughs> whatever, man. Okay, we got whatever, man. As long as you ain't carrying the child support warrant. I'm, <laughs> I'm all things to everybody. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you, you got some things coming up in Millville. Talk about talk about what you're going. Yeah, we have an exciting um, Christmas show that's happening, or holiday event is what we like to call it, featuring uh, Miss uh, Unsung Melissa Morgan which is very infamous for her um, Do Me Baby and uh, many different hits mm-hmm. that she has had over her span as, as an artist. And then we also are going to be bringing Kel Mitchell of Keenan and Kel to do a oh, little he's, he's you know, Christmas program okay. for the young people in the community as well. These things are happening at the Lavoie Theater right there on High Street. So, okay. you know, okay. just trying now, to how, can, how can people you know, purchase tickets from you? Well, they can go right online at lavoy.net. So, <laughs> okay. so we're getting invaded. No, I think we got a bootlegger in the building. Exactly. It feels like I'm, I'm in the movies right now, and the movie is watching the movie. Tap to be tapped. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, but you can just go to uh, lavoy.net. Okay. And they'll bring up all the information on tickets we can get tickets from. You can actually purchase them online, all that good stuff. Okay, that's good, that's good. I have a take a personal story that I have to share. Um, it's holiday season coming, and I have little uh, children, and I'm, I've been dying to tell them that Santa Claus is not real. But my wife <laughs> oh, is, is trying to hold it back, right? And I had an end yesterday. Mm-hmm. So what happened was I went to go pick up my youngest daughter, and I was going to take them to dinner. I said, it's a, it's a surprise. And she mm. said, I hate surprises. I said, well, then you don't like Christmas. And you don't like gifts because that's all about surprises. Mm. Okay. And then she was, I said, so you want me to just tell you what's inside the gifts? She was like, that will make you Santa Claus. I was <laughs> like, you're right. <laughs> so she starts singing, Daddy Santa Claus, Daddy Santa Claus. So should I take it personal that my wife will not let me ruin Christmas for my kids? Should uh, you take it personal? <laughs> no. Why not? Of course not. What? Why not? Why wouldn't you want to allow your children to just enjoy Listen, that for as long as possible? Here's my problem, Pete. <laughs> Gifts cost a lot of money. 
I work very, very hard to be giving somebody else the credit for, for this work. So this mythical character comes down this chimney. Uh-huh. I did all the work. I went shopping. You know, with the work overtime, uh-huh. and I'm giving somebody else the credit. Think about this though: when that unfortunate time does come, mm-hmm. whenever it it's inevitable, right? Right. But when that unfortunate time does come, instead of getting credit just that year, mm-hmm. you'll then get credit for say 12 years. Well, you're being so short-sighted about it. I am being short-sighted. He's not thinking about the end game, Pete. Yeah, the the end game is first of all, it's kind of sad. But then you can see the look in their eyes that God, Dad and Mom did that for all those years. Now, now, you don't know my kids. My kids are going to be like, Daddy, you lied to me. <laughs> Why? And they're going to punch me in the face. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Laughing to me all those years. Wait a minute. We have, we have, um, we have Erica. Erica's here. Erica has something to say. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I do have something to say on this. I was trying to be quiet. I'm that little person that was in the background that was doing the replay. Sorry. But um, I think you shouldn't ruin it for the kids. Children do not have an opportunity to be kids anymore. We took mm, we, we took dodgeball away from them at school. Um, you know, they want to take gym, recess. I mean, come on. What's one kids? more thing? Let's take one no. more thing from them. Come on, you're just killing their little Ruin it all. I just think that children, <laughs> children really, really need to be kids. And we're taking that away from them. We're you're making right. them grow up so fast. So you're why right. not let them believe Listen, and have a good time with uh, it? I take it in the same frame of child support. Just go ahead and ruin it, man. <laughs> yeah, you, you're you, spending man. your money. You. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't going to like you at the end of the day anyway. <laughs> They, they forget about that stuff two months from, look, man, listen, Santa Claus is a fictitious character in the world of, of, of today, and Daddy is out here working hard and making sure you have these things, so don't forget about it. I mean, you know, I, look, this, I appreciate nah. your perspective. Yeah, go, go ahead and ruin it for me. Go ahead and ruin it. Downer, it's all right. It's all, if you guys are listening at home, I'm, Daddy coming home and ruin Santa, uh, Christmas for you. So wait, the wait. show priority ruined it. Exactly. Are, are, are you saying this because you're bitter about child support? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I believe Santa Claus is at the back of this as well because that's when, when child support seems to heat up during the Christmas season. They be out here, you know, the mamas be in your face extra hard during Christmas time. So I prefer to just go ahead and, and you know, just unveil the whole Santa ain't real kind of thing. Just, you know, this as a means of payback. Like, so are you we know? now equating Santa Claus to child support? Uh, not yeah. we. Don't really? Put me, don't put me Come in. on. He's in the back really office, y'all, that? and he's there all year long. Just think about it. This man does not work one day. He has another job. Sure. That other job, nine times out of ten, is in the back corridors of where child support is, because oh. that's the only way he makes it. Or so he's giving out parking tickets. Or he's so giving out parking <laughs> tickets. So you're saying he sits on the bench? He sits on Five the days a week, passing out child support orders. He just changed wow. the color of the robes, man. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, y'all, like, just go ahead and ruin them kids' Christmas the way you need to. Thank you. And, and be the dad that you're supposed to be. And, you know, just that's that's Perfect. how I would do it. I'm Poor just, that's just me, though. That's is being me. ruined with every passing second. It's totally so unfair. <laughs> so unfair. If anybody hasn't figured it out now, this is why I rock with Al. This is exactly why I, I've been rocking with him for over 10 years now. That's, that's my God. Well, they want to do. They want to change the date of Halloween. I agree. So why don't that. we just get a, do away with Christmas and make Halloween that day? Hmm. Wait, what? There's what? no child support involved. You don't have to worry about no fictitious um, gift giver. Mm. Um, and he could sit on the bench five days a week and not have to worry about coming down the chimney and you know pretending and faking. So it. we're getting rid of Halloween. Which one are we getting rid of? Christmas. We're getting rid of Christmas. Getting rid of Christmas. And we're going to substitute it with, with Halloween. Halloween. With the stipulation that Halloween's on a Saturday. Every year. Every year. Can't be on the middle of the week. I can't right. do that anymore. Exactly. 
Today would have been a good day, though, to trick or treat. Come on, I say we should do all of them on the same day: Fourth of July, (laughs) Halloween, Christmas, Rosanna. Let's just get it all. (laughs) Get it all out at one time. (laughs) (laughs) That way, all the dads who pay child support know what day not to be out and about. That's the day not to be out and about because that's just the everyday holiday day. See, the joy of it would be with Halloween is called trick or treat. mm. So what they can do is your child support can be put in place on Halloween day. Mm. Trick or treat. What will you get, Father? They, actually, they do that. That's already been implemented. <laughs> you go to the door. You think you got your kids. They all dressed up. And on the inside, the baby mama got the officers waiting for you. Like, I knew you was going to come for some candy today. These guys are going to help you out the back, okay? No, let's just let's put all the holidays on the same day. Just run them all together. All of them. Well, Get them the out the right way. Costume. And then that way, the rest of the year, we can roam freely with no problem. But if you put on the right costume, maybe that black and white pinstripe. Listen. And we, they we come get, to get you? We're getting too deep. It's just, it's just a very simple. I'm speaking funny. for all the mothers. Answer. I'm the only woman in the room. I got to defend all the mothers funny. and the little babies. This one from uh, the empowerment perspective. Yeah. <laughs> to the very unique perspective radio show. Look, where you can stay free, ain't no more empowerment than that. So. I have no idea where the show is going. Let, let's let's get on track here. <laughs> Get on track. That, that we took it personal. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that was that, that was deep. Yeah, it was so deep. I mean, this segment is actually supposed to be talking about the you know the sins of a father, and not so much the sins as a, of a biblical aspect, but the the I want to say the fathers and what they should be doing, and how they can actually help you know their children, because I think that as children, um, we all pay for the sins of a father. Hmm. How you feel about that, Tamisa? Um, is yeah, hmm, I'm wrestling with this one because. I, you know, my father was here um, not too long ago, and he had left when I was was three years old, and he did, you know, his thing, and he, he has since apologized for it. Um, but I, I find myself kind of falling in the same traps that he did a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So as a father now, I have to position myself so that my kids don't, you know, the, the legacy doesn't continue. One of the biggest things to me about being a father is that you have to have the perception of um, you're no longer – uh, living for yourself you got to sort of stop being selfish mm-hmm. and you realize that your moves and everything you're doing has to be for somebody else like I don't leave my house unless I'm getting paid or doing something for my family or helping mm-hmm. somebody else and when I leave my house I'm representing more than just myself I'm, okay. I'm always thinking about my children I'm always thinking uh, about my wife um, and those things so I think trying to to break that cycle is, is really, really important. But in order to do that, you have to step out of yourself and, and, and really stop being selfish and start really living mm-hmm. your life for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Pete, what's your take on it? Yeah, I think something that you said is very important. Um, and it, prob- it probably starts for the first time when uh, you first get married. Mm. And it really kicks in when you have kids, which is you're not just on your own anymore. You no longer solely represent yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, you're out there, and when my name, Colisano, is spoken, whichever first name comes before it, whether it's my son or daughter, myself or my wife, Mm -hmm. it's a Colisano saying that, doing that, acting like that. And that's important for people to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, It's important. It definitely changed the way I um, carry myself. Mm -hmm. And I also make that uh, front and center with both of my kids. Right. That... When you do something at school, when you do something out with your friends, when you do something out in public, say something, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. you don't just represent yourself. Mm -hmm. You represent me. Mm -hmm. You represent mommy. You represent your sister. And and that 
causes a reputation for us, right. whether that's good or bad. Fair or unfair, that's the way it is. Right. Okay. If my kids are acting a certain way, every parent there then says, oh, that's how they, they do, do it. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I had that stigma and, and knowing that, yeah, knowing that, I, I comport myself a certain way, and then I expect that mm -hmm. from my kids. I right. think that's important. I think um, also... I have two girls, um, obviously, and somebody told me a long time ago that I would be the first man that these young ladies will ever know and encounter. And when I heard that, it kind of turned my world upside down. Like, I have to represent um, what it, it means to be a man um, and a father and a, and a husband uh, to my daughter. So that that's really, really, really important. How do you navigate how you have a son and a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. Is it How do you navigate the, the messages that you're sending to both of them? Yeah, so... I try to keep the, uh, I'll say we're fortunate in that my wife and I are together mm. and we're very much a team on this. Mm. Okay, so some of the more ladylike messages, my wife will handle with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And some of the more manly, gentlemanly, however you want, masculine mm -hmm. um, things that I want to uh, get across to my son, that'll come from me. Right. Now, there are obviously a, a boatload of characteristics and traits that are gender is is not an issue with mm -hmm. okay being in control of yourself or being responsible mm -hmm. um, so we both work on that with right. our kids okay but we share in that right. and that's that's the beauty of it being a teamwork this is what makes us as humans different than pretty much every other animal on the planet mm -hmm. where i really do think it's important for both parents to be involved both mm -hmm. parents to be there right. in the in the animal kingdom it's just not like that right. dad does his thing and he takes off and mom takes care of the rest and the kids figure it out along the you, way you hear that well, my wife is probably listening. You hear that? I should be the king and just take off and do whatever I want to do. I'm going to see how that works out for me. We can rewind the tape. I'm not sure that's exactly what I said, but sure, what, you could take it that way. Yeah, you're the lion king. That's what yes. I heard. So, uh, so, so I think that's important, and it, it certainly makes things easier, mm -hmm. right. you know, as a man to, to convey a message to my son right. and as a woman to convey a message my, for my wife to convey that message right. to my daughter. And then there are things that we obviously combine. Right, okay. right. So it's now, important. I'm looking at too, um, obviously I work in an educational field and I run across all kinds of families and the more and more I see these kids that have difficulty uh, within school and social uh, aspects of their life, it's, it's a common denominator that the father's either not in the picture or he's not being, you know, the role that he's supposed to be. We're destroying these kids as fathers are destroying these kids because they're not, you know, communicating and being there. To me, there's a, at some point, Listen, relationships break off, things happen, and then you have to sort of separate your relationship with your ex with, you know, that with your kids as well. And what I think was happening is going back to being selfish again. A lot of these guys are saying, well, the relationship didn't work, so I'm just, I'm out. The whole situation, I'm out. And, you know, they run around and do what they got to do. What's the matter, Mr. Petty? Well, I can only speak from uh, a single aspect. Hey, when I break up with you, I break up with everybody. It's the whole house. <laughs> everybody. Family. That family that you no. know. With, yeah, everybody. I don't, I don't have nothing to do with them at all. Everybody. Sorry, we're done. The parakeet didn't even do nothing. It, it, it don't matter. I seen the way he was looking at me at dinner. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. So, but uh, I think that it's like three qualities or three characteristics, and, and you, you could bring them up in, into different areas. So, um, as a father, I think that we should have the protector. Mm -hmm. We should have a provider, mm -hmm. and then we should have a promoter. And that's mm -hmm. part of the reason that I, I bought Al on today because he's a great promoter. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have an issue with I LeVar Ball. Too, and I do provide. Yes, and, and you comes promote. Out, comes out automatically. And, and, and you, you know, promote. Absolutely. Like. And you promote. 
<laughs> but a lot of people have had a huge problem with LeVar Ball hmm. and the things that he was saying about his son. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that was his role, mm-hmm. to be able to promote his son and make sure that everybody in the whole world, that his, his son was the greatest that ever lived. The thing I respect about him, and I was always on his side. Now, the way he did it, all right, I kind of, you can argue that all day long. But the, the first thing I noticed was he was there. Every yes. single event, every yes. single situation for all three of his kids. It wasn't like he just picked one. Listen, he he went there. to China to get one of them. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know how tough you got to be? He was like, yo. Yeah, out of jail, too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You going to yeah. give me mine yes. Yes. today. Yes. Yes. He walked out of there. So that was number one. And the promoting mm. his kids, um, and all three of them, is, is huge. Um, constantly talking about them. Mm-hmm. And, and it, that's because they're doing good things, too, with their life, too. Mm-hmm. But he has something to do with that. You know what I mean? He shaped them and let him down that path and he's and he's showing them the way and then now he's at the point where he can stick his chest out and said you yes. know beat his chest i'm not mad at him yes have at it but i, I don't want to just necessarily think that it has to be the role of a man that does that because mm-hmm. we have a, a lot of strong women mm-hmm. that are raising families mm-hmm. but for those roles those roles have and is needed to be followed a great point um in, in order to be a great husband and i mean a great father you have to have a strong woman um with you and it, it kind of equates to you're either going to be a cheerleader or a fullback, right? Mm-hmm. So I need you either clear the way for me to do whatever I do for this family, or mm-hmm. you're going to be cheering me on saying this is what you need, you know, go mm-hmm. daddy go and all yes. that kind of stuff. So those are the two qualities, at least for me. Mm-hmm. My wife's a bulldog. She'll clear, she'll clear her lane. I let me do these, you know, travel and do all the stuff that I need to do for the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, she'll let me know when I'm messing up, too. Click, you know, pluck me and in the forehead. And she tells me too. Like, yeah, hey, she definitely does. <laughs> she, can call I, you can I yes, say something? I was, I was thinking when you were speaking, um, what's your name again? Um, Pete. Pete. That I'm from Millville. Born, bred, raised my whole family. You hear the name Millborn, you're like, oh my gosh, I know those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did represent our, fa- our name. Mm-hmm. My parents made sure that when we went out, we spoke proper English. Mm-hmm. I went to all the Millville schools, Mount Pleasant, you know, all the way through Rick Avenue, Millville Senior High School. And there's eight of us. I'm mm-hmm. the youngest of eight. Um, and my par- my father was a role model. Mm-hmm. He worked from mm-hmm. sunup to sundown. I worked from sunup to sundown. He instilled that in me. Mm-hmm. I had the family, family values. Um, we had that time around the kitchen table where we had meals every night. My mom was a housewife. Mm-hmm. So to me... I've seen both sides. I, I, I understand because I'm divorced. I understand how it is to have a father that does like Kareem, that says, bye, I'm done with the whole household. Right. And I had to raise two sons. Mm-hmm. But I also know what was instilled in me. Mm-hmm. So because of what I had instilled in me, I was able to raise two nice young men mm-hmm. that are productive citizens. You know, they're not always doing everything right. right. But they do realize they represent me when they go out. Right. And I realize that. Right. So I, when you said that, it made me realize that that's what my family and my mom and dad instilled in us. Yeah, and I, to go out and represent that name. I think nowadays you, you get this. Um, there's a lot of all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let, let me. You get this a lot where it's like, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. Mm-hmm. To say, to ignore that or to say that's ridiculous is not true. Okay, but what there is is a line. Mm-hmm. I don't care what people think of me when it comes to what job I want to pursue Mm -hmm. or what uh, business I want to start or who I want to date. And then you get past that where it's like, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem with that is all opportunities in your life come from someone else Mm -hmm. in some form or another. Even if you start your own business, which is all you. Your opportunities come from someone else. You'll have to have others buy your product. You'll have to have others work for you. And if you don't care what any of them think, 
you have no business. Right. So there's a level of I don't care what anybody else thinks that you cannot cross or else you lose opportunities. Right, right, right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break right now. Um, Dr. Graham just walked in the building. We're going on the flip side of this break. We'll make sure she uh, gets to the microphone. Uh, she busted in the back door. I don't even know how you got in here. We're going to talk about that, too. People breaking in the building. <laughs> so stay tuned. We'll talk to you on the flip side. Hi, I'm Gary Monterosa, and I just love the sound of beer being poured into a glass. If you also enjoy a cold brew, then join Tara Nuren and me every week for What's on Tap. We'll bring you tasting reviews, some of the top personalities in the beverage world, and much more. Saturdays at 1 p.m. on 99.9 FM, 1240 AM, and online at snjtoday.com. Take the stress out of hiring a contractor by calling High Point Roofing on Route 40 in Woodstown. High Point Roofing is New Jersey's premier roofing, siding, windows, and gutters contractor. Their expert team respects your home and works together to ensure the job is done right the first time. High Point Roofing offers flexible payment plans to fit your monthly budget, along with an honest project price guaranteed to be competitive. So get your free estimate today. High Point Roofing, outstanding workmanship, excellent service. Need a vehicle or service on a vehicle? Auto Access McBride at the corner of Elmer Road and Delcy Drive in Vineland can help. Auto Access McBride is the leading independent dealership in the tri-state area for over 18 years, specializing in certified pre-owned Hondas. Auto Access McBride services all vehicles in their 16-bay state-of-the-art facility, offering computer diagnostics, brakes, AC service, oil changes, tune-ups, and more. Get your best deal on a vehicle and service. Stop by Auto Access McBride today. Hi, I'm Gary Monterosso, and I just love the sound of beer being poured into a glass. If you also enjoy a cold brew, then join Tara Nuren and me every week for What's on Tap. We'll bring you tasting reviews, some of the top personalities in the beverage world, and much more. Saturdays at 1 p.m. on 99.9 FM, 1240 AM, and online at snjtoday.com. Right, welcome back to the Empowerment Perspective Radio Show. We are talking fatherhood on this particular show, but Dr. Graham just walked in the building. How are Hello, you? Hello, I'm doing well. Thank I'm not going to ask why you late or how you snuck in the <laughs> building, um, but it's good to see you here, and um, hopefully you. you're enjoying. You guys have school next week, right? Yes, we do. Monday? Two days for oh, the Monday, students, Wednesday. three days for the staff. I might have to show up since I have yeah, all you fall. You come over to the professional <laughs> development day. What day is that? <laughs> Tuesday. Sir, you have, wait a minute, y'all still got to go to work on Tuesday. Yeah. Yes, we do. Oh, so you don't have no, my, me and my wife was talking about this. That's a election day, right? Yes, yes, it is. She said that should be the only holiday that everybody has off. Like, they should shut down everything so that you can go vote. So like, vote, it, what, right. it, that's what makes this country what it is. But yet, we still have to go to, we'll go to, to work that day. But somebody has to work the polls, though. Like, you can't stop everybody from working. Shut it down. Shut everything down. We vote with your phone. I'm <laughs> sure we can do that, man. man. <laughs> Might as well. But, here's, you know, we talked about this before with women and phones. All I need is somebody breaking my phone to cast a vote for me. I don't need that. I need that in my life. So we got somebody calling I, in. Oh, absolutely. We got my guy that, that I also rock with. We have Mr. Townsend. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing well. So first, I want to congratulate you guys on your win. Was it 57 yeah. nothing y'all put up yesterday? 
Say it again. It was 57 nothing. Did you guys put up the score yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was total domination, man. Total domination. What kind it was of a good game, what, what kind of score are we talking about? What are we talking about here? Football? Oh, this is football. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Pleasantville beat Cedar Creek. You know, I've seen the highlights. And uh, like I said, it was 57 nothing. So, I'm glad to see that you, you know, have an impact on those young men and the program is turned around. And, and you know, there's some good things coming out of Pleasantville, which is great. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Oh no problem. So uh, I want to get your your um your perspective on things. So we're t- we're talking about fatherhood. We're talking about you know uh, if children are, are paying for the sins of their fathers. But before you get there, because um, I know you're a kappa, so talk talk to us about the importance of, of fraternity life. Well, first of all, I appreciate being on your show. Thank you for allowing me to uh, participate and, and be a guest. Uh, being a member of fraternity. Being a member of fraternity, Kappa outside Fraternity Incorporated, is a wonderful, beautiful thing. Uh, I decided to do it in 89. When I came in, let me say this, when I came in to college in 85, I didn't know much about it, uh, and I had a group of guys that I came in with who pledged, like, in 86, spring of 86, and I didn't know too much. But as they pledged and went on, and we became better friends, I, I got to learn more about it. I got to learn more about different fraternities. So I went on to pledge in the spring 89. And the one, the one thing about my pledge experience is when I pledged in spring 89, that was the last year that we were allowed to pledge above ground, you know, where it wasn't illegal to pledge. Um, so, I mean, it was a beautiful experience, you know, walking on the yard and, and learning different things, doing the chants and all, and just engaging in that brotherhood. Um, going from school to school, state to state, meeting different brothers. I mean, brothers, of course, when you're pledging and you're online, brothers come at it, or you start, I should say, come at the woodwork to see you, again, to build that relationship, to uh, to learn who you are and, and to want to be a part of your pledge experience, and also to build that network. Uh, and that's big with fraternities as well, building that network and, and building relationships. So after college, you have that family extension um, that you you can connect with. Now, and how, did, how have you taken those principles that you've learned, you know, from the fraternity life and, and transferred that into, you know, the fatherhood role that you play now? Well, fatherhood, fatherhood role in, in any role, man, it's just being uh, in a tough situation, you know, pledging, pledging teaches you a lot. It just teaches you that no matter what you're going through, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, um, the night may be rough, but the morning is going to get a whole lot easier. So fatherhood just, it, it just, what well, pledging goes along with that because, you know, life experience will throw you a lot of curveballs. Um, you know, I just went through a, a, an experience myself a couple years ago. So just going through that and just knowing that, okay, I'm going to be okay, just tough it out and just be patient and, and, and wait its course. Um, especially when you do the right thing. But as far as fatherhood's concerned, you know, it allows you to, to deal with your, your son, your daughter, and, and in the right way as far as discipline, because anything that you do, especially during that pleasant period, you have to have discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, one, you got to take things, you got to take it seriously, because if you, if you don't, and then you start pledging, that's when people drop offline. So you got to take it seriously. you, you got to want to do it. And you have to be disciplined, um, and, and that's the one thing that that I taught my children that self discipline is the best discipline. Um, and in everything that you do, you have to do it. You got to be serious about it. You can't go in it half heartedly. 
you know, you got to go into a 100% and make sure this is truly what you want to do. You have to be committed and dedicated to it. And that's the one thing that pledging does. Um, not only that one day you have to spend the money to do it, but you also have to go in there committed. You know, it's like playing sports. I'm a tired sports into it as well. You can't play a football game being uncommitted or else people are going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's again, it's the brotherhood, it's the teamwork, because if you go in and you're not doing your job, what you're supposed to do, other people are going to have to take the slack up. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, if you drop the ball, that's going to hurt someone else. So it's the same thing in the family. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the son or daughter drops the ball, or even if I as a father drop the ball, then my family's going to suffer, you know, and it's going to trickle on down the line. So all that pledging's taught me a lot, man. Just going to school, going to college, pledging has taught me a tremendous, uh, tremendous benefit, has been a tremendous benefit to, to me as well as to my family. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things you touched on, um, you said patience, and I think that is a value that as fathers we have to have not only with just our families but also in in life and business and all that stuff and and i find that we get impatient too quickly Mm -hmm. especially with our kids um you know it's a work in progress i tell it all the time like i'm 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 painting a picture basically you know and raising my kids and and the picture is never going to be complete but i have to be patient like they're going to do something wrong they're going to mess up they're going to stumble yes it's going to take three or four times for me to correct that behavior before it you know to you know address that behavior before it changes we have to be patient a lot of our parents will you know want our kids to 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 respond a certain way immediately and not make the same mistake we hope that happens but we're we're not patient enough to to go through the process would mm-hmm. you would you agree Pete? yeah uh i absolutely agree that patience is is important and there's a, a word that coach used that i think is also important which is commitment mm. and what i mean by that is um you can't give up mm. like the kids are your kids are going to learn something mm-hmm. from somebody right and as the one who loves them more than anybody else on the planet, literally, um, you cannot give up. Now, sometimes we get frustrated, and in, the, in that moment, mm. you're like, I, I can't take it anymore. Right. And that's fine for about 30 seconds. Maybe a minute. I'll give you a minute. Right. Okay. But after that, you have to get right back in the game mm-hmm. and realize that nobody is going to love them more than you, and you have to keep playing that game, that game with them right dr graham you have a daughter correct i do i know she tested your patience every yeah, once does. in a while how, <laughs> how, how do you handle that when you know she's testing your patience you really feel like you're getting frustrated to that point? yes because we're entering into the teenage years now uh, the fun so t- I, yeah the real parenting starts now yeah <laughs> she's all i think she's almost as tall as me or just about so now i have to look at her eye to eye a little bit like <laughs> give her that look uh-huh. but um it, we, we have conversations mm. and i try to just instill in her good moral characters mm-hmm. and try to not have her make mistakes or try things without understanding that there are consequences right. for your actions. So right. I think just just talking to her and also making sure that there are consequences. So mm-hmm. she'll, she'll do things and she'll try things by take things away. Right. Um, I think if you just keep condoning negative behavior or bad decisions, right. they, they don't think that there's any repercussions for their actions. So you have to... Interesting. I read a study not too long ago that said that the average father spends eight minutes of quality time a day with their kids. And I was like questioning that. Like I spend a lot of time with my kids. But when they really break down that, I mean, you're not watching a movie, quality time, having a conversation with your kids. It really broke down to almost like eight minutes a day of be really sitting there and just engaged in that. And my goal right now is to kind of, you know, obviously expand that and, and 
and talk to my kids. So I'm saying all this to our listeners, especially our fathers, have conversations with your children all the time. Put down the phone, put down the PlayStation, stop playing Fortnite, have a conversation with your kids. For me and my family, we do it at dinner time, just like kind of like you 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 said earlier. That's sacred time for us. There's no, you know, phones at the dinner table. We sit down, we talk. Um, but that eight minutes kind of shocked me. And the more I think about it, I mean, you're working, you come in, you know, you got to get ready for the next day. How much time do you really have to sit down so and talk with your kids? I don't think that, you know, society and the way that we have things going now is even going to allow for that. I think that... It's Santa Claus's fault. It is Santa Claus's <laughs> fault. I think Santa Claus is the culprit behind making sure that we don't have enough time right. to be able to spend with our families. And even with all the technology that we have, it still doesn't afford us enough time. Uh, but, but Mr. Townsend, be, before you go, and I don't know you have to get back to work, sir. Um, we want to know if you're going to be willing to collaborate with us because we have some things lined up for 2019 and we're going to need your help. Oh, yeah, that's no problem, man. Listen, I'm willing to do whatever, man, to get the word or the message out. We're going to assist any way we can to uh, build our community up. So whatever whatever assistance you need from me, just let me know. Count me in. Okay. All right. So we're going to be calling on you. And, again, that was Mr. Townsend, the athletic director of Pleasantville High School, my alma mater. And, and again, I want to say thank you for all the things that you do for those students over there. And, um, you know, you guys are going to change the narrative. So I thank you for your time, sir. I thank you. Thank you for being a part of a wonderful program. I appreciate it. Thank you, Have sir. a wonderful day. All right. So um, we're continuing our conversation on, on fatherhood, but I want to kind of broaden it out a little bit. I want uh, our guests to talk about your core values. Like, what are your three core values that you, you kind of instill within your family, if anybody wants to take the lead on that? Three core values. I'll use mine. I'll go first. So um, my number one is uh, it's centered around God, but I'm talking about loyalty I'm talking about being honest and a man of my word. Those are my three core uh, values that kind of instill in my family and how I go about my, my, li- my life. Me and my wife have been together since middle school, so I'm pretty sure I'm very loyal. I'm honest, and you know, I'm, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to try to do it the best I can. We said we're going to have a radio show. We got a radio show. We're going to fly to these places and meet these people. Then that's what I'm going to do. If I say I'm going to be there, I'm going to try to be there. So those are my three core values that I, I usually shuffle around yeah, i'll go next so i'll say my three core values is, is um you know i put god first before mm-hmm. everything and then of course everybody knows and that's that's me all me <laughs> me 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 dialogue me dialogue. absolutely and, and again i have to love me and i have to believe in me because if i don't no one else will so and after that like you said integrity um i try to be a man of my word so if i say i'm going to be somewhere if i'm going to do something then i'm going to do it mm. dr grant sure I would say that my three that I try to instill in my family is first, spirituality. Um, I think that relationship with God, Jesus, whoever you believe in, um, is important. And it just helps ground us and build moral character. Um, Then I would say commitment. And the third one is drive, which kind of relates to it. Just being able to stick to something, have goals, have ambitions in life. So those are the three I try to instill. And I have, I have two sons, um, one's 29 and one's 24. Um, and being a single mother their yeah. entire, well, for 24 years, I have really tried to instill in them to, one, to work hard, mm-hmm. to be hard workers. Mm. Um, nothing in life is free. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell them that don't, don't take that free thing like it's free because right. it's not. There's right. a cost. So the main one is to work hard, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, and to be men of your word. I have two men and I want to break the cycle. Mm. They don't have any children at mm-hmm. their ages. One's married, one's single. So 
I really inspire them and encourage them to be men of your words. And mm-hmm. if you're going to do something, do it. Mm-hmm. And don't do it, you know, do it for yourself. Right. That's right. what I instill in, my, instill in my kids. And, and thinking of that, uh, me and my wife, we tell our kids the world doesn't care about you. The only people that really, really care about you are the people that are within the walls of this, you know, the house. So when they go out there, it kind of gets to the point where they don't really care about what people say because at the end of the day, they don't really care about, you know, them. So that's one of the things that we try to instill in our kids too. So, so in our household, I think the the top of the uh, kind of the pyramid of our traits that we think about most is honesty. Mm. Number one, honesty with each other, but also honesty with yourself. Mm. If you're going to lie to yourself, mm. n- nothing can move forward if you're, if you're lying to yourself. Mm. Okay. Now inside somewhere, you know the truth and then you try to play these games with yourself. Right. But being honest is, uh, is kind of premier for us. In fact, we have a rule in our house. Our kids have a rule. Um, if something happens, if you tell us the truth, you tell mommy and daddy the truth, okay, you're not going to get in trouble. We may have to handle it. We may have to deal with it, but you're not in trouble. I'm going to stop you for a second because you were on the side that Santa Claus is still real. You're lying to your children. We're not being honest, Pete. <laughs> Taking this so personal. <laughs> we're not being honest, Pete. Oh my God. Now, now that's about their innocence, and I don't want to totally steal their innocence at five and eight years old. You know, Maybe by nine, he can go get a full-time job, too. Why not? Um, so honesty for us is is first, and it all starts from there. Self self discipline, self control is a huge one, and mm-hmm. we, we actually work on it. We we do things to actually work on being in control of yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and then finally, what you were saying is is that work ethic. You if you look around, um, especially being in a school, you get to see it every day mm-hmm. that young people the age of my children, not so much, but as they get older, they start to lose this work ethic. We talked about it before, how mm-hmm. a cell phone, or I, sh- I shouldn't say a cell phone, a smartphone has made us very lazy mm-hmm. because everything you possibly need is right there at your fingertips within an instant, mm-hmm. okay? So as they get older, you're seeing like work ethic take a dip. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell my students at school, and I certainly impress this upon my children, if you can learn to have a real high work ethic and always pushing harder and harder, you have such an advantage over everybody else. Yep. Life is a competition. Whether we like it or not, it's mm-hmm. a competition. Mm-hmm. And if you work harder than everybody else, you have such an advantage. You don't necessarily have to be smarter or bigger or stronger or mm-hmm. faster. If you're willing to work harder, you have a huge advantage. Right. To, to, I just want to chime in for, for one second because oftentimes when, when I talk to the young people, you know, and I ask them rather not why they in school. That's probably mm-hmm. the first question I ask them before I engage them with anything else. They often don't know why mm-hmm. they're there simply mm-hmm. because their parents are telling them that you just need to go to school. Mm-hmm. And that's something else I want to dive in is because we're not creating entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. We're creating a workforce. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when we want them to work harder, working harder towards what? Well, I, let me just let me jump on yes, that real quick. Yes, sir. That's been the case forever with schools. Mm -hmm. 50 years ago, kids were in high school saying, I have no idea why I have to do this. Mm -hmm. Here's the difference. Most of them, not all of them, Mm -hmm. school has never been perfect, but most of them did it anyway. Mm -hmm. And the reason sometimes you have to do things just for the work, Mm -hmm. just for the person you become for having done the work, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when it's something that you don't want to do. You you do something that you don't want to do, you do it to to the best of your ability, you're different 
because you pushed yourself mm -hmm, to do mm -hmm. something like that. Past Even that in a job that you love, mm -hmm. there's going to be things that you have to do mm -hmm. that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. This is life. And I think sometimes we look at that and say, well, we have to explain to kids why they have to go to school. It'd be nice, but it's just not always the case. And not everything that's going on in school is going to be you know, applicable mm -hmm. to your life. Or you may not even see it right now. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you don't have to do it. I agree. So I think you can convince them sometimes the work is just important for the work. Mm -hmm. I want to dive back into this concept of hard work because that's really an abstract you know, uh, term. Uh, to me, it's, it's more about time. Hard work is like time management to me. I and mean, it's a major part of it. And the one thing I can't stand, especially when I talk to parents, is that always people always say, I don't have the time, right? So the thing I'm trying to instill in my kids is that you, you have so much wasted minutes throughout the day. Even as an adult, like I did a study on myself, it was like six hours of wasted minutes going to, you know, the water cooler, getting coffee, watching the TV show. When I go to practice, talking to the parents and stuff, all that stuff is wasted time. So mm -hmm. what I did is cut that stuff down in half. So when I'm at practice, you'll see me working mm -hmm. on my phone or calling someone. Uh, so I try to maximize every moment of, of my day with some sort of, you know, uh, work. Mm -hmm. I'm using the term loosely. Um, so when people say hard work, I don't know if they really understand what that means for mm -hmm. them. They know the concept, I should mm -hmm. be doing something, but doing what and how can I manage what it is I'm supposed to be doing. I, I think it should be in, intentional, and, and I want to get Al's um, perspective on it because he's been quiet and he's been listening, and I know he has a whole lot <laughs> that's going on. So Al, so, so chime in. Um, I mean, when you look at the topic, right, sins of the father, mm -hmm. Some people see that as a negative topic mm -hmm. or a, a negative um, verbiage in regards to parenting. And then you have some people who can see it as a positive. Um, and the reason why I prefer to see it as a positive is because, one, we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you think about parenting, you think about what your children see and what they expect from their parents mm -hmm. and what the reflection of that is in regards to the relationship and the exchanges that happen, whether they're physical, whether they're uh, emotional, you know, whether they're just means of support. So I don't see parenting as a perfect device because mm -hmm. there is no perfect parent. We have people who have uh, rose to great accomplishments not being raised by their own parents. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, people in this world who have made great advancements to humanity who were not raised by their parents. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I look at is what is we who are considered parents doing to ensure that the values aren't necessarily mandated, but just an example mm -hmm. of what we are and, and what we reflect. Because I'm a guy who came up from the streets. Mm -hmm. You know, I know the streets. I've been in the streets. I grew up in a community where there was like one dad in a community of maybe 500 kids. Mm -hmm. And he became all of our dads, whether right. he liked it or not. I mean, he was the dad that was our dad. Everybody, you know, went to him like the dad. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then we had guys, you know, I had... Uh, a lot of Uncle Freds that came in and out of the house. You right. know, I wouldn't necessarily call them dad, but they were in the house, and sometimes they were there for a couple of days, and sometimes <laughs> they were there for months, and right. a few were there for a couple of years. So, you know, being raised in an environment where you had different figures of parenting mm -hmm. to kind of glean from and really model, or, or in speaking to me, you know, directly modeling myself behind, 
has given me a better perspective of what a parent should be, which one is somebody who's just available mm. and, and available to a place to where whatever you're doing, you're doing for the best of that child, that family that you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing is we, we put, you know, like, when you go into the court system, I joke about child support because that's kind of my platform, but <laughs> I work with fatherhoods and I work with the court system in Atlantic City. Right. And to be considered a deadbeat just because your name is on a piece of paper already gives an example of the fight of what a father has, you know, as a result of issues that had nothing to do with him. Right. You know, that deadbeat status comes from somebody else who wasn't willing to show up from somebody else who wasn't willing to pay. Right. I'm there because, you know, I'm just going through a system of divorce and they said I had to show up and this is what I had to go through. Mm -hmm. So in that, you know, when we look at this topic, once again, we can take it from a negative perspective, but there's also a positive side to this because you can glean from those bad values as well. Mm -hmm. And knowing what you want to provide for right. your family, what you want to provide for your children, mm -hmm. and being able to create a value out of that in itself. Right. And understanding that all the parents out there listening in the world, once again, there is no perfect, perfect parent. Right. There is no prescription that tells you you can go out the world and you can be perfect. And there is no way that you can look at your children. Right. And that's just from my perspective, say I'm never going to lie to you because I will. Right. Because bills get rough. Right. Things get tough. I don't want you to feel the same pains that I feel. Right. I don't want you to be exposed to all the things that I have to be exposed to. Uh -huh. So sometimes I got to be creative like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. <laughs> That's where it comes from. Yeah. Sometimes I got to be creative to, 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 to put a mask on the ugly things that are in, in this world mm. because I don't think children should have to be exposed to that. Right, right. So let's let them be children for as long as they can be children. But in the same vein, understanding that we as parents, our commitment first and foremost is to be available, mm -hmm. to be ready in those times of need, mm -hmm. to be proactive in those areas where we can make change and we can have an effect on their lives and their society, and to also be open. Mm -hmm. Because we have parents who believe in whipping their children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they believe that is a, a right means of, of discipline. And that's what helped make them strong and grow. Right, right. <laughs> so in our open mind, we also got to understand some of the things that we were taught were not true. Right. You know, these are things that we have to change. You don't have to knock them over the head just because they come in this, you know, come right. in the house and they had detention for half an hour. I, I disagree. They had to knock me in the head. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only way I was going to learn. <laughs> but look, that may have me some of the problems, the reason why my vision ain't right right now, because that's, that's all I got. Right. <laughs> but, 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 you know, what I'm saying is when we think about values mm -hmm. and we think about the sins of the father, if we can actually put that into kind of a phrase, we think about the fact that there's good and bad that we can pull from mm -hmm. it and that nobody has the right answer. Mm -hmm. And, right. you know, open dialogues like this helps because you get a different, you know, I got a different perspective from Pete. Right. You know, when, when, when you know, Pete went on the discipline side, I'm like, oh, yeah. no, my like, kids, yeah, 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 yeah. It. it's going to be strategic, <laughs> though. It ain't going to be like, see, when we came in, it was like, go grab the switch. You had to look at the tree and think about what branch of these is going to hurt the least. Uh -huh. And the, the thing about it is your parents already knew you were going to pick the one that was going to hurt the most because yeah. you was out thinking it. Yeah. So, you know, with me and, you know, we did need a little, you know, hands on discipline because once again, life is tough. Mm. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, you got to feel that pain. But I like Pete's, you know, I, I don't want to feel, I don't have to feel pain. My, right. I don't want my kids to feel, feel pain. That. I'm in a different space. Right. So learning and evolving is the things right. that bring together the qualities of good parenting. The thing that you said, and actually the where the empowerment perspective came from was 
I didn't have any fathers in my community, no one to look up to. So all I had was negative examples. So what I was able to do was flip everything that those people did. So I knew what I did not want to be. So I knew I didn't want to do these certain things. And that's how I learned to be a father to my kids. So using that negative as a source of, you know, empowerment, and that's where the empowerment perspective mm-hmm. comes from, um, is, is huge. Like you said, parents are going to mess up. People are going to do things that are, you know, bad and inappropriate it's up to you to look at it and at least at the very least say, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. But dig into a little bit deeper. Start looking at the, their core values and mm-hmm. how you can you know, flip it to your advantage. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's how successful people overcome. Mm-hmm. So when you get those difficult moments, you know how to turn a bad situation into something positive. Mm-hmm. And, and you can Alan- even equate it. I'm sorry. You can even equate it to sports, right? How you get fathers and, and, and mothers out there who try to live vicariously through oh, their, their children's mm-hmm. dreams, Can't right? Mm-hmm. You know, my position was I was honored to be the father of the star of the third string. Mm-hmm. You couldn't find any more joy in my life <laughs> because one thing was he was doing it for all the right reasons, mm-hmm. just to have fun. Mm-hmm. The other thing was they weren't looking for him when I needed to miss practices because <laughs> I had to go to work. You know what I mean? He's the star of the third string. Who looks for the, the star of the third string? <laughs> So, you know, but I am one who used to be a coach. I am one who used to be an athlete. And, you know, I understand the mentality of wanting your kids to be the very best and and to do all the extra things that are needed to be great without a certain. But there are times where you just need to allow your your children or your child to blossom and grow Mm -hmm. into those those areas where they feel strength and, and the power. Mm-hmm. to be what God has intended them to be or what the creator or what their life has been intended to be overall. Mm-hmm. So I think those are the most important things when we think about parenting is that it really does come from within. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all human. When a baby comes in this world, it's human. Mm-hmm. You can't sit there and just, you know, say it's not human. It's human. <laughs> and it has, you know, the ability to evolve like everything else mm-hmm. in humanity. And you have to give that space and opportunity for it to happen. Right. I was going to say, Alan had um, said something that really as a single mother, it kind of got like, wow, I need to say something about that. Just because your name is on a piece of paper does not make you a deadbeat dad, okay? And I know women sometimes beat men down. We, you know, we, we have that tendency because we feel like we're left holding the bag. We're left making sure we have to provide the roof. We have to provide the food. We have to provide the clothes. And we just feel like your check just isn't enough. But it doesn't make you a deadbeat dad because your name is on that piece of paper. What comes into deadbeat dad is when you don't show up. Mm -hmm. When that child's sitting on a stoop waiting Waiting for for you to come and you don't show. Mm -hmm. When that child see you out with her kids and not him. When that child see you fathering somebody else and not nurturing them. That's when the deadbeat come into play. And I think that's when the women really lose it. Like Mm -hmm. as as a mother, we really lose it because we knew our children needed you. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like I needed somebody for my children for 20 something years. And then once I got them grown, I'm like, okay, I don't need that anymore. Mm -hmm. I did it. I was the mom. I was the dad. I was the provider. I was the protector. I was the one at school standing up for them. I was the one when the bully came was like, no, Mm -hmm. you're not. Hey, (laughs) you know, I'm I'm ready to throw, you know. And um, so... I, I just I, I don't try to beat men down because your right. name's on a piece of paper. Mm. Sometimes you have to be on that piece of paper right. because we have to. Sometimes we on a piece of paper. Mm. We have to be responsible. Mm. And in order to get you to be responsible, sometimes you have to be on that paper. But it doesn't make you a deadbeat dad by being on that paper. Well, one of the things we're going to do in 2019 for the Empowerment Perspective Group is develop a mentor program. We're working on that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to try to fill those gaps of of you know the, if the your father ain't showing up, hit us up. The Empowerment Perspective will be there um, to make sure we can guide you. 
in the right direction. So that's coming in 2019. Um, also transitioning in 2019, we're coming with our financial uh, literacy program for middle school aged children. Dr. Graham, you're going to take the lead on that one, right? <laughs> yes. I'm thinking and uh, strategy. All right, so we got that coming in 2019. Um, we will continue this conversation on fatherhood in our podcast series. Me and Pete are going to uh, hook that up and hopefully before the end of the, the, this year, we'll uh, roll out the, that podcast series. Um, so we got some work to do on that. Um, we have one other show I want to make the announcement. We have um, Erica and Al we're going to produce their show. So oh, yeah. That's, that's definitely going to happen. That's a real yeah. Suge Knight move there. Like, <laughs> you really? You understand. I'm you, an official brand. That <laughs> takes some negotiation and contracts. I got know. attorneys. I got a booking agent. <laughs> I got my, look, I got my, my, my parole officer, child support. I got people. I got to consult for those type of moves. Man. Catch us on, on a Sunday morning when he's wearing his Eagles jersey. I'm wearing my cow, um, Cowboys jersey. And we sitting up at the restaurant at the... You know, having breakfast and everybody's like, "How do you two how, how do it? it? How do y'all do it? How do you make it work with the Eagles and the Cowgirls?" I, knew I liked you for I, they call me a cowgirl. I'm like, "Hey, yes." <laughs> okay, it's okay, Eric and Al, we got y'all. Hey, we ready? Have, reality show. We gonna have a camera just follow y'all around. Like I said, you have to come. talk to my attorneys on that. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get all the releases and everything. Don't worry about that. That is too funny. Also, I want to give a big shout out to our followers in Sweden and the UK. For some reason, I don't know what happened awesome. in the last couple of weeks. The numbers skyrocketed in those areas. So shout out to them. Listen, hit me up with an email. We might be out there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. I've never been go. to the UK before or Sweden. So maybe we'll, we'll slide out there. We'll bring Adam uh, with us too. I <laughs> always say got a passport, we'll travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pete, any last words for us before we uh, wrap this up? We got a couple more minutes left. Uh, I, I, I just wanted to add... Um, to what Al was saying, I think something he said that was so important that bears repeating, that there are no perfect parents. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do a, a seminar called The Imperfect Parent. Mm-hmm. And the, you wouldn't want to be a perfect parent because we live in an imperfect world. Right. Okay. As you said, unfortunately, we look at that as a negative, And the reality is it's a very much positive because instead of looking at it as a problem that you're not perfect, you can look at it as an opportunity to teach something to your to your child. Mm. Um, when you said before, like the discipline, you disagree with me with the discipline. I don't think you do. I think it's just a, a difference in wording. Mm-hmm. When I'm, what I mean is they're not in trouble. Mm. It doesn't mean there's not consequences. Mm. If it was something like you know you spray painted my car, tell the truth. You're not going to catch a beating, but the consequences are you're going to fix that car. Uh, I don't okay? know. That is a whooping guarantee. Well, well, that's going to be a beating. <laughs> let me just say why. Let me say why. Because I, I prioritize the honesty. Mm-hmm. You know what I, I, don't, I don't want things hidden from me. I don't think Pete right. knows what I drive. <laughs> spray paint my car. It's going to be a problem. Right, but you would, you would want your child to be responsible for no, it. No, you Whether that be, whether that be monetarily, whether that be monetarily, or actually physically cleaning it or both. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer the honesty and then fixing it. Yes. Too many times we say, there's a problem that stinks and then it just gets left like that. I want, for my kids, and this is just mm-hmm. our priority, is I want my kids to look at things and say, okay, great, that's a problem. How do we fix it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Not, Absolutely. I got to avoid problems. No, right. there's a problem. How do we fix it? Mm-hmm. Right. Any last words? No, I just think that, um, I guess yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, and there's no instructions book. There's no instruction book with this parent thing, mm-hmm. okay? And I say, call it a parent thing mm-hmm. because that's what it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, something that we all have to learn, mm-hmm. and you're going to make mistakes. And I tell my children, wait till you get children. You'll mm-hmm. see that you're not going to make all the right decisions. 
you're going to lie to them. You're going to do what it takes to make it work. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, you're just going to, you're going to fail sometimes, but mm-hmm. you just got to get back up because unfortunately when you fail, the kids don't go away. Mm-hmm. They still looking at you mm-hmm. to give them guidance and to keep pushing them forward. Mm-hmm. Dr. Graham. My last words, something you said earlier um, stuck with me and that's the whole comment about clearing a path and allowing the, the father to, to make decisions and those weren't your exact words mm-hmm. but like you know take the charge but i just think in the world that we live in where we're you know the woman and the man are both equally working um, providing for the family and supporting and, and counseling and everything else with the family um, i think you take that path together mm-hmm. and you take on the different leadership roles at different points when you need to um, and whether you're when you're if you're single you're doing that on your own, but just keeping the kids um, knowledgeable, letting them understand life, life lessons, and just um, continuing to talk to them. Mm. I know like years ago, it was just like your child stay in a child's place. And while you don't want them to be so exposed at a young age, you still need to talk to them so that mm. they're able to make good decisions later on. Gotcha. Brother Al, I want you to also plug your uh, event as well, but give us a, uh, last words. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's been a great time. I like the idea of one holiday for the whole year. Everything <laughs> rocks uh, Halloween, Easter. Let's get it all done on one day. One I really day? like that concept. Um, and, you know, good parenting holds, mm. period. If you're a good parent, not perfect, but if you're a good parent, those values, those characteristics are going to hold in the deepest, darkest hours. And I'm a living uh, witness to that because mm-hmm. I've been in some very deep, dark kind of things. Mm-hmm. So with that said, and the worst thing in my mind was my mother coming to pull me out of jail and having to look over me, uh, you know, dead mm-hmm. someplace. So uh, good parenting holds. Yes, please come on out to the Lavoie Theater, December the 14th, Melissa Morgan, my good friend Showtime, Desi from 91.7 in Philly. It is a holiday special you don't want to miss. Showtime's at 8 p.m. Go to thelavoie.net for more information on ticketing and things of that nature. We also got Kel Mitchell coming on December the 16th for how they program is called orange for the holidays. He'll be here for the kids, so on and so on. Uh, and just, you know, follow me Al T from AC on Facebook and it's all good. All good. Mr. Petty, you got any last petty words for us? Well, I just want to thank everyone, including, you know, um, Mr. Townsend for calling in and sharing his experience with, with pleasure. My, my dude, Al T, for making the time. Um, I've been tracking him down for about six months now, so hopefully <laughs> um, it won't be as hard. Miss Erica, as always, it's a pleasure, you know, in sharing your, your values. Pete, discipline. Listen, look at my card. Beat the kids, beat, beat the kids. Beat the kids, beat. <laughs> just, just for me, just beat them. No, love the kids, love the kids. Don't be walking the house. I know you did something. Come in. Love the kids. Go, go get, get naked. Go beat them. My kids have no idea what's in store for them when they get home. So that's what you're learning from their fathers. <laughs> that is too funny. So listen, um, you can make sure you follow us on the empowermentperspective.com. Um, we, we have our radio show up there, our podcast series. Don't forget, me and Peter will be dropping the fatherhood and continuing this conversation. Um, we also, don't forget, our mentoring program will be out in 2019. Also, financial literacy. We're also hitting the conference circuit. Man, where are we? In Atlanta, mm-hmm. Vegas, hopefully getting to Cali soon. We're coming, Cali. You're our second lar- largest market, so we're going to come out there at some point in time. Um, you know, this thing called a job is getting in the way, though, because we want to figure, <laughs> out, we figure out how to make that happen. So um, to all the fathers that are out there listening uh, and, and uh, mothers, too, I hope you got something from our um, 
our podcast, our radio show today. If anything, if you ain't learning anything, be there for your kids. Show up and promote them and promote them and protect and provide. So stay tuned. Uh, my man Gary Monteroso and What's on Tap is coming up next. Please follow us. Again, that is www.theempowermentperspective.com. Until next time, stay empowered.